Welcome to Locked On NFL, your daily podcast on the National Football League on the number one daily sports podcast network. Alongside the scout, Matt Williamson, I am Brian Peacock. You can find this program on all of your favorite podcast apps. Tell a friend about Locked On NFL and all of the shows here on the network. Their team is covered NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, college sports. You can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL. It's championship week, Matt. Before we get into these games, and maybe we'll use this as a segue and start with the NFC side. The Pro Football Riders of America have been dropping their end-of-year awards, and it has been announced that Ravens head coach John Harbaugh is coach of the year, and his assistant coach, Greg Roman, is assistant coach of the year. But to segue into this 49ers-Packers game NFC championship, Niners GM John Lynch voted executive of the year. Hmm. Okay. That's, honestly, that's the first I've heard those things. So they must have happened today, and I, I didn't. I wasn't aware. I was doing a bunch of research for these games. I guess I have mixed feelings. I think the easiest one of those is Roman. You know, I mean, it's such a unique offense, one of the absolute best offenses in the league. And as we saw this past week, there's not a lot of receiving talent there, and they're still putting up crazy numbers. And even this past week, I mean. Lamar Jackson sets a record for most yardage by a player. I mean, they moved the ball up and down the field. They just didn't score. Yes. Um, as for Harbaugh, again, they were probably the best team in the league. They were probably everyone's number one power ranks when the season ends. So I don't have a problem with it. But I almost felt like his best work was midway through last year, you know, when he made the change to Lamar, you know, that – and they adapted on the fly to a very different quarterback than Flacco. And then they did great work this whole offseason to make that come to fruition for the 2019 season and going forward. That's not taking anything away from him. It's just great work. It just, I don't know that he was, I, it, it seems like it, his award stems more back to last year than this year. That's fine. Um, Niners, in terms of GMing and building a roster, Awfully strong. Um, Tennessee comes to mind, though. You know, I mean, you, you get Jeffrey Simmons and A.J. Brown and trade for Tannehill. I mean, it's a pretty good offseason, too. <laughs> yeah, and I've seen arguments for numerous coaches and numerous mm -hmm. executives. Uh, I don't – it's hard because you can't say that John Lynch or John Harbaugh didn't deserve these. I think the key right. with the coaching one is Greg Roman – do you give it to both guys? If Greg Roman's the offensive coordinator of the year or offensive assistant coach of the year, then what's the job that John Harbaugh did? Is it that he hired him a couple right, right. years no, ago? Or? Both got, right. <laughs> right. So um, he, had, he had two great coordinators too. Yes. In Martindale. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when we power ranked our coaches for coach of the year a few weeks ago, Harbaugh was on the list, but he was maybe number seven on the list for me. So there were absolutely some other deserving coaches, but what the Ravens did this year, they're the best team in the NFL, so it's hard to argue with those results. With John Lynch, I think it's the turnaround, and so you go from the number two overall pick in the draft to now playing in the NFC Championship game. I think that's part of it, a great Perfect. draft class. They drafted the best player in the draft, but they had the number two overall pick too. So, And I think it's really key that what they had built, and this is why I like the, heart, or the, the John Lynch pick is 
When he showed up, he said he he made some promises, and his promises were really simple, and it was more about process than results. And he said he was going to bring in the right people, and they were going to win the right way. And some of the things you hear a lot of GMs say when they come on board, but he has answered those promises. And his relationship with Kyle Shanahan has been really important. And he's brought in these players, and even if they missed on some draft picks, they hit on others. Solomon Thomas, number three overall. The process to draft Solomon Thomas was a good one in the human being that they drafted. He, I mean, as a number three overall pick, he's been a bust. He's not even a starting defensive lineman, even though he's a contributor and he's a fine role player and he's not terrible. But then you draft someone who is a first-round caliber player in the fifth round in George Kittle. So the process was there. And then when you accumulate all three years of draft and you see the free agents they brought in and Richard Sherman still playing at a super high level, now you see the totality of those three years coming together. That's what I love from John Lynch and the way the 49ers have been built is the process was right. And even though there were hits and misses along the way, when you accumulate all three years of building a team from basically scratch, because they completely, I mean, that roster was gutted when he came on. Oh, yeah. Now you see the fruits of that. Now you see a really good young football team. Yeah. I mean, I, I have no argument at all against Lynch. Two things you didn't mention too, like, yeah, my sister probably could have drafted Bosa. Like, I don't give GMs a lot of credit for <laughs> right. putting the card in for LeBron. Like, that's not that hard to do. This one wasn't as much of a slam dunk, but he was probably the best player in the draft, and you get to take him. Great. But then they get Debo. I mean, and you trade for Manny Sanders. I mean, those two receivers, where would they be without those guys? Right, yeah. And so n- recognizing that they needed to make a move, and at the time the move was made, I was like, oh, that's a lot for a rental player, a second and third round pick. And now the 49ers, you know, uh, don't have any picks on day two of the draft, but or, or third, uh, third and fourth round pick. And they already had lost their second round pick for the D Ford trade. But recognizing is like, we need a pass rush. So we are going to get the best possible pass rush scenario we can in the offseason. We're going to get D Ford. We're going to draft Nick Bosa. And now we're short at wide receiver. Well, we drafted a good wide receiver. He's developing, but we need that veteran. We need that go-to guy right now. So we're going to trade what we have to to make sure we get that guy. And I think they got a better receiver in Emmanuel Sanders than the Patriots got in Muhammad Sanu and gave up less to get him. So that's another key with that right. trade, which I which I like a lot for the Emmanuel Sanders trade. We'll see if the 49ers try to bring him back in the offseason. Drafting Fred Warner, who's a star linebacker that nobody really talks about. Fifth-round rookie linebacker Dre Greenlaw made the Pro Football Writers all-rookie team, and he's not a superstar player or anything, but has filled in nicely as a rookie for Quan Alexander when he was hurt. And just recognizing weaknesses and attacking those weaknesses, I think, is pretty key, and this team has gotten to the point where they're one of the best rosters in the NFL now, from starting from basically zero in 2017 when he was hired. So the process was correct, and he's really got a great locker room, and... These guys are self-starters. They have fun on the field, but they're also pros. George Kittle and Nick Bosa. I love the theatrics of Bosa jumping up off the ground and getting the crowd pumped. They're chanting his name last week. and But he was he's basically been a professional football player since he was in high school. And George Kittle has as much fun as anybody. But he also comes to work and will block people a foot into the turf and block them out of your TV screen when you're watching the 49ers play. So toughness, mentally tough, physically tough. They're a fast team and, and a high character group that you don't have to worry about uh, reading the press clippings and believing too much in the hype and coming out and playing hard and, and blowing out a team in the first round or the first round for them, the second round of the NFL playoffs last week. And I don't think they're going to look past the Packers either. 
No, no, and I'm excited to talk about these games, but this is a good conversation. And, I mean, just the, the totality of what Lynch has done, signed Quan Alexander this offseason, too, to pair with Fred Warner, who he drafted just last year. You know, you make the D Ford move. I mean, you inherited a few guys in, like, Buckner and Armstead, but that's fine. I'm sure he'll do his best to keep those guys around, or at least one of the two. And took a chance on Richard Sherman. I mean, Richard Sherman's stock was not soaring at that point, and it's gotten a ton out of him. Yeah, he was coming off an Achilles injury, and you didn't know what right. you were going to get. And Richard Sherman negotiating his own contract, and he just got a couple mil bonus for making the All-Pro team. So that was definitely a win-win contract between the 49ers and Richard Sherman. And uh, Sherman seemed pretty locked in and ready to go in his press conference yesterday. He got a little bit heated when people uh, thought that they should tell the 49ers how they need to run their defense, their number one pass defense in the NFL. So um, speaking of that 49ers defense, let's move on to these games. Preview. Like one other nugget. I'm oh, sorry. Sure, yeah. that I mentioned the Titans, too, who not coincidentally, all these teams are still playing. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Barnwell put out an article yesterday. I read about the top trades of the past, you know, off season. And number one was trading for Tannehill. And I'm excited to talk Tannehill today. But what a gigantic move the Titans made there and gave very little up. And I didn't realize this until reading the article. Miami picked up like half his salary, too. So they're not paying the guy anything. They didn't give anything up for him. And they got a starting quarterback out of the deal. That's a great point. Recognizing the weakness and doing what you can to attack that weakness. I love what Robinson's doing in Tennessee, by the way. And Vrabel deserves some conversation where he's got, I mean, if you voted for coach of the year right now, and this is a regular season award, but Vrabel, I think, jumps up a couple of notches uh, getting his team into the AFC championship. Yeah, absolutely. And they played pretty well down the stretch to get in the, uh, in the tournament to begin with too. So they're a hot team, obviously. All right, let's get into these games and make our picks for Sunday. Let's start with the early game. We've got 12.05 time Pacific and 3 o'clock Eastern, the Tennessee Titans at the Kansas City Chiefs. Where do you see this one going? Home teams favored by a touchdown in both of these games. Yeah, and I don't think weather is going to be a major issue in either game either. Correct me if I'm wrong if if there's something on the horizon in San Fran, but it's supposed to be cold in Kansas City, but not wet, not snow. So I kind of like that. And, oh, by the way, the the only real injury that I've, I've really noticed is Chris Jones. So there's four pretty healthy teams. Weather shouldn't be a massive problem. Similar, Very similar spread, seven, seven and a half. So interesting weekend from that perspective. Yeah, Santa Clara is going to be cloudy and probably around 60 degrees uh, high, but it's going to the sun's going to go down sometime after kickoff. It's sort of that odd three forty p.m. kickoff time in mm-hmm. Santa Clara at Levi's Stadium. But there's not going to be rain. There was rain yesterday in the Bay Area and, and in California, and they thought there might be a little bit rain, might be a little bit soggy, but it doesn't look like it's going to be that way. So it'll be uh, probably overcast, but not a weather affected game there. Even though it might start to get chilly as the sun goes down, and with that Titans Chiefs game, yeah, it's it's cold, twenty four degrees. Do you think that hinders at all? that passing game with Patrick Mahomes just being freezing cold and having a rock of a ball to throw around. No, but I mean, it's like swinging a bat and making contact when it's cold out and your hands sting a little more. I think it's not going to be as much fun to tackle Derrick Henry. True. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if, if there's anything there, I think that might favor the Titans a little bit. Um, let's dig into that matchup because yeah. originally when it was set, 
I looked at these games and bet like the two teams in red are going to blow the other ones out and it's going to, they're, you know, they'll be in the Super Bowl. But more I dig into this one, the more I like where Tennessee's at, at least to be very competitive with it. Um, one note I want to make sure I mention is the special teams. I always like to at least throw a special teams nugget. Doesn't seem like it's a huge factor in the, in the NFC game, but in this one, I know Tyree Kilmuff the punt, but he's going to be your punt returner. You know he's scary as can be with the ball in his hands. Miko Hardman is your kickoff returner. The Chiefs have a very good kicker. They were second in D- in DVOA special teams in for football outsiders for the year, and the Titans were like 27th, and we haven't even seen their kicker attempt to kick yet. So that's a big portion of this game that I think is going to be closer than people think. I just want to make sure I got that special team nugget out there that greatly favors KC. I'm with you on this game with the Titans growing on me the more and more I think about it. And I was sort of frightened last weekend watching the 49ers and the Chiefs, I think, were the teams. And we had talked about it Monday, recapping these games. Those were the teams where if you watched them, you thought, oh, gosh, that's the team I do not want to play. But the more I think about it, 24 degrees outside, the Tennessee Titans, the way they're built with their defense and their run game and Derrick Henry, they're growing on me. They're growing on me to the point where I want to call for an upset special for those Titans to keep their magic alive, keep this run going, and knock off the Chiefs in Kansas City. So I'm going to throw it out there. Seven points. Give me those seven points. I'll take those Tennessee Titans I just, I've been counting them out, and even and here's the thing, because Tannehill hasn't done a lot in the playoffs, but he hasn't had to. If he makes a few more plays like he did last week and those receivers help him out and they're able to run the ball, maybe even get a little bit of an early lead, the thing that the Titans can do that the Texans could not do last week is they can close a team out because they can run the ball, because they have a stellar defense, and the Texans do not. And I think in that really cold atmosphere in Kansas City that will hinder the Chiefs offense just enough just a little bit I'm going to go with the team with the best defense with the running game that's built to win in cold weather in January the team that's playing such great football right now we've seen them crush an offense that we thought was going to blow them out last week I'm tired of underestimating the Tennessee Titans so give me those seven points and I'll take the Tennessee Titans I like it. I, too, am going to take the points, but I'm more in favor of the over. I think both these offenses are going to have a lot of success. And let's start when Tennessee has the ball. Is I really wish I knew if Chris Jones was playing. He's a huge factor and certainly trying to slow down Henry, get immediate penetration. Henry, you need to get him. You don't want his feet to get going. You need to get him slowed down and chop his feet in the behind the line of scrimmage. Jones would help in that regard. If the Chiefs do get a lead, his interior pass rush would go a long way. So I really wish I knew. Doesn't sound like it'll be 100% either way, though. And I know the Chiefs' run defense has gotten better. For the year, it's pretty darn bad, but it's gotten better. But if you look at their last six, seven opponents or whatever, none of them are great running teams. So I'm not sure that that – I think that's somewhat of a fraud. I also think if the Chiefs get up early – the Titans will not make the same mistake that the Ravens did last week and will still keep sticking it in Henry's belly. And I also think there's a misconception that this is a conservative run-run-pass type of offense. It has been because they haven't needed Tannehill to throw the ball at all in these last two weeks. It's been very easy on this group. 
But don't discount what Tannehill is. I mean, he was statistically as good as Mahomes or Lamar or anyone this year from the point he took over. I think they have dangerous weapons. I think they'll play with a lot of heavy personnel, two back, two tight ends. And, you know, Kansas City's not a real physical front. Their linebackers aren't that effective, you know, against the Johnu Smith and those type of guys. So I expect the Titans offense to have quite a bit of success through the air and on the ground. You know, they're not hiding Tannehill. They just haven't had to use them. Right. And I think Johnu Smith can do a little bit more against that secondary than someone like Daniel Fells could. And even though you don't sure. have DeAndre Hopkins, maybe the combination of the young guy and A.J. Brown and Corey Davis and Humphreys and some of the other weapons I think might spell for and obviously that running game it might spell for a little bit better of combination of weapons on offense to to get after that Chiefs defense and even if and what's amazing about that Chiefs Texans game last week was not only that the comeback from the Chiefs side and, and scoring on eight straight drives but they stopped letting the Texans score after the first quarter yeah. so the defense yeah. came up big too and allowed them to make that comeback uh, I was just looking at the latest injury reports and as of Thursday's practice, we, they haven't gone through their pri their Friday walkthroughs yet, but Chris Jones has not practiced at all this week. Travis Kelsey also very limited, and he's going to play, but he's most likely going to be playing through pain, his IT band, so tightness in his knee. So not 100% for Kelsey, and if Chris Jones plays, also not 100%. Yeah, also um, Evans and a couple of their D backs, Logan Ryan and uh, another one of their prominent corners, I think are also fighting things, but going to play. And I think they'll get some pressure on Mahomes. I just think Mahomes is playing out of this world. I mean, superstar Superman. And I don't think they're even going to try to run the ball much. I think it's just going to be 11 personnel like crazy and best of luck keeping up with our receivers. And I think Mahomes throws for, 400 yards against these guys. So I think there's going to be a lot of points. I think Kansas City wins a close one, but you're going to give me seven. I'll take the Titans. I would not be surprised at all by a Chiefs blowout. That offense is scary. Mahomes can sling it better than anyone I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. And he is healthy right now and playing some of his best football. And you remember when, like, you just remember how, because, you know, he went through the injuries this year and you thought, oh, yeah, Mahomes, maybe maybe uh, some of these other, other quarterbacks are better. Maybe Deshaun Watson's on his level and he's even better. Maybe Lamar Jackson is better. This is the new era of different style of football. And then you see Mahomes last week. And you're like, oh, yeah, the Patrick Mahomes. This guy's a freak of nature. Right. He's amazing. So uh, they're favored for a reason, and I would not be shocked at all by a Chiefs blowout. But I like this matchup more and more for the Titans as I watch it. And it should be a really fun one. For those of you that expect a blowout, I would tune in because this one could be really good. And and I think in, maybe in the end, when you speak about Patrick Mahomes and them wanting to sling the ball a lot and maybe not even try to run it that much, that's where that Titans front seven comes in, getting after Patrick Mahomes. Can they generate that pass rush? Can that front seven do to Patrick Mahomes what they've done to other quarterbacks throughout the year? That'll be one of the big keys to this game. Absolutely. And I do think they will generate pressure. I just think Mahomes will handle it fine. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, couldn't, it won't matter. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know. They may, sure, they may sack him a few times and they may get him off his spot and the play might extend an extra second or two. And then Tyreek Hill's waving his hand 80 yards downfield for the ball. You know, I mean, I just think Mahomes is an unstoppable force right now.
The winner of the Titans Chiefs will face either the Green Bay Packers or San Francisco 49ers. Let's get into this late game Sunday. Can you believe it's conference championship week? 49ers, Packers, a really good one in the AFC too with the Titans at Chiefs. Time's up for two of these teams playing this weekend, but you still have time to feed your fantasy fix with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football. Every run, throw, and catch mean more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Just draft your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching a game. Quite like having a free shot at over $750,000 with your first deposit. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. That's some extra cash to play with throughout the playoffs. Download the DraftKings app now and use code Locked on. That's one word locked on for a limited time. Both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500 on your next deposit. New users, be sure to enter code locked on during sign up, and you'll also get a free shot at over $750,000 with your first deposit. That's code locked on, and you can get a deposit bonus up to $500 only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires a 25 times playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. It's 6.40 p.m. kickoff Eastern, 3.40 p.m. locally in Santa Clara at Levi Stadium. So the sun will be out to start. It'll be dark uh, by at least halftime for this football game. NFC Championship, the Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco 49ers. Tons of great matchups through the years with these two teams in the playoffs. And I expect another good one. And I do not expect the 49ers to be able to just have a cakewalk through the Packers like they did against the Vikings last week. But there's a reason the 49ers are favored by seven and a half. Yeah, and that's where I differ with you. And surprisingly, it's in the direction of your team. I think San Francisco handles this game start to finish that they're the much better team, that they're a tier above the Packers. They're at home. They're better coached. Um, I think a big key to this game is pass rush from both teams. Mm -hmm. And Rodgers does, you know, when you get older, and this happens to Brady and Breeze and Rivers and these guys, the pass rush affects you more. You know, your, your old body doesn't like getting hit as much, but more worrisome is, just not quite as light on your feet, and you just don't quite get out of the way as well. Rodgers doesn't handle pressure as well as he used to, and I think he's just going to be under so much pressure. <laughs> I mean, this D-line, is, needless to say, is awesome. Packers protect well, and Rodgers will certainly throw the ball away a lot, but I think he's going to throw the ball away a lot and ground it a lot and just struggle, and I don't think Devontae Adams – runs free. I mean, the the Niners aren't going to follow him with Sherman. They're going to play sides, but they're going to adjust better to Adams and make other people beat them more than Seattle did, I have to think. I mean, I don't know what Seattle was thinking in that regard. And I just don't think Green Bay has enough playmakers when under pressure and without Adams just blowing up to keep up with that Niners offense right now. I think the one thing that makes this game closer than the first time the 49ers blew out the Packers in week 12, 37 to eight. And the 49ers blowing out the Vikings last week is just the early portion of the game. And with the Packers, it was the first drive of the game. 
Aaron Rodgers fumbled the ball. The 49ers ended up with the ball at the inside the five-yard line, plunged it in for a quick touchdown. They were up 10-0 in the blink of an eye in the first quarter of that game, and the game really got away from the Packers, similarly to how the Titans got up early on the Ravens, and then the Ravens were in trouble because they were playing one-dimensional football and the Titans could come after them, and it's so hard to come back from that unless you have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback and, and, and Aaron right. Rodgers maybe is not that guy anymore. And maybe at one time Aaron Rodgers could just put the whole team on his back and come back, and win, especially when he had more weapons. And that's the other thing is the Chiefs have the weapons. The Packers have Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, last week, the Packers gave the ball or threw the ball to Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams 34 times. And that's pretty much the offense for the Green Bay Packers. And the 49ers secondary is much better than the Seahawks secondary and their pass rush is one of the best in the league they sacked Aaron Rodgers five times last time but game script was a lot of it so I just don't know if the game script is going to get away from the Packers like it did before which should keep this game a little bit closer and allow Aaron Rodgers in the second half to potentially be within a score to try to make some magic happen and try to continue to hit Devontae Adams in the passing game but as long as the 49ers don't let him get loose and, and let Devontae catch eight passes for 160 yards and two touchdowns like he did last week. He was targeted the same amount of times in Week 12 when the 49ers played the Packers, but his seven catches only went for 43 yards and one touchdown, so that's a big difference in production there. If you don't let somebody go off, as long as the ball doesn't bounce funny ways and you don't fumble away the game or crucial interceptions and give the Packers extra points or a pick six, then I think the 49ers should be able to win this game. I like the seven-and-a-half-point line. I do think it will end within, you know, six or eight points within one score. So that's what I'm saying. It's closer, but I think the 49ers have a clear advantage in this football game. So I would definitely pick the 49ers. The seven and a half points is a lot. I don't think I would put any money on this game either way because I don't feel like the Packers could win this game outright. But getting after Aaron Rodgers is the number one key. They did it last time. Rodgers likes to hold on to the ball and he wants to make a play and and you know who he's going to be going against. So Devontae Adams versus Emmanuel Mosley. He's going to start at right cornerback. I'm sure they'll try that matchup as much as they can, but you've got Jimmy Ward. who has got range over the top. The 49ers defense is just too complete and too good and should get after Aaron Rodgers. But I like what you said about the pass rush because the Packers' best player right now is probably Zadarius Smith. And the 49ers, yeah. the 49ers didn't have Joe Staley last time, so that helps. But Zadarius Smith, I expect to move around. They might try to get him in the interior and just try to get him after Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's one of the things that could go in the Packers' favor in this game if the 49ers aren't able to block that Packers pass rush. Yeah, I mean, from where you sit in the Locked On Niners fans, the thing that would worry me most is the pass rush slash big playability of the defense. I mean, they have some guys and um, they'll get after you. Neither one of these teams has to blitz a whole heck of a lot. So you can still drop seven and get pressure. How will Jimmy handle that? I just think, and this isn't disparaging Jimmy at all. I just think Shani will handle it. You know, that he'll have a very good bead of what this defense is doing. Um, I think the Niners will create a lot of big plays through scheme. You'll see Kittle abuse the middle of the field. Um, So I don't love this side of the ball quite as much from the Niners' perspective, but I sure sure trust the guy calling the plays. Right, and we saw an interception last week. Jimmy Garoppolo kind of stared down Debo Samuel on a dig route, and Eric Kendricks made a great play ranged in zone coverage out to, to make the interception. So that's the one thing that's been a knock against 
Jimmy Garoppolo this year. Maybe a few too many interceptions. A lot of those were at the beginning half of the year, not so much at the end of the year where he's played a lot better and his receivers have played a lot better. And overall, his efficiency has been really good. He gets the ball out quickly, but still has a good yards per uh, attempt as well. So all those things really favor the 49ers. Their offense is running really efficiently. And the best way to slow down Zadarius Smith is probably the 49ers run game, which they're also really good at. So that will be a huge key for the 49ers. And I look at the 46 and a half point over under in this game. And I feel like if it's under that, it favors the 49ers because that defense, that means that D is really smothering the Green Bay Packers and keeps that score low. If it goes over, that might favor the Packers a little bit because there's big plays happening. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it from an over-under perspective as much, but I think you're right on that. And I was just sitting here thinking over-under. I don't know that the Packers get to 17. You know, I mean, this could be 30 to 10, in my opinion. And Niners controlling the clock, Rodgers under constant pressure, looking frustrated, you know, giving the the dirty eye to Lazard and these type of dudes, you know, that they're, they're not getting open, they're not helping them. Uh, I really worry from Green Bay's offensive perspective in this one. And I don't have the stat, and I wish I remember where I heard it this week, but there is a number out there of when Shanahan plays an opponent recently, you know, like he gets a, 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 a rematch against opponents, that he just destroys them. You know, after seeing them recently, and then he gets a, another crack at them, that the he just tears them apart. And that goes back to, like, when he was the – the coordinator in Atlanta. I mean, just his mind. If you're going to show him things, he's going to find answers. I've thought about that too with getting extra days and getting a bye week. I think that's an advantage for a Shanahan coach team. The more time he has to dissect the team and look at the film and find out what he wants to do and what he wants to attack, I think he's always a clear advantage for the 49ers. And I agree, playing the Packers twice, even though um, I don't think the game script... It wasn't their best day. Right. right. I don't think the game script's going to go nearly as as bad uh, against the Packers just because of that early free touchdown, basically that green Bay gave up to San Francisco. I still like the advantage for the 49ers and they've, and the 49ers actually personnel wise have a better team with D Ford uh, getting after the quarterback that they didn't have last time. Quan Alexander was out last time. Joe Staley was out last time. So uh, everything just points to me in the 49ers direction. So I think we agree here, 49ers straight up and maybe I don't know if I would give up seven and a half. You would even give up the points, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I honestly think this number should be nine and a half, ten. The San Francisco 49ers, will they beat the Packers as we have chosen here on the program? It's going to be a fun NFC and AFC championship weekend. I'm going with the Titans, man. 49ers, Titans in the Super Bowl. Matt, you've got two teams in red that both used to employ Joe Montana at quarterback. Yeah, I do. And if I'm right... I'm still going to congratulate the Titans. Uh, and if I'm wrong, I think it'll be Tennessee that proves me wrong, not Green Bay. Fantastic seasons all around. And the Green Bay Packers were a 13-3 and team. So uh, if they right. do get blown out by the 49ers, that's not a situation where you hang your head. First-year coach, there's potentially a lot more to come there with uh, this team. And Rodgers has some time. I mean, he's he can still play five more years and be in the Tom Brady and Drew Brees age range. Oh, yeah. And I don't mean to sell him short. He was great last week, and he might be outstanding in this game, too. I mean, I just think the pressure is going to be a problem for him. He's a Hall of Famer for a reason. We'll see what happens Sunday, and we'll break it all down Monday right here. Locked on NFL.